Have you just lost your job as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Want to find a way to cope with the overwhelm of unemployment and develop a plan for the next month? Well, on this week's episode of the Career After COVID podcast, Kim and I are going to help you plan your first 28 days so that you can get in the right frame of mind and prepare yourself for the next employment opportunity. Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, where you'll get actionable ideas to survive the pandemic and economic downturn and take your career to the next level when it's over. Here's our co-hosts, Fleur Hull and Kim Korolevich. Hi, Kim. Hey, Fleur. How are you? Good, good. Another week gone by? It's crazy, isn't it? They just it is. fly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It's starting to, it's that pre-Christmas yeah, sort of built up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We started this what in April or May? Yeah, April. Yep. And we're leading into November. Yeah. Exciting. It is. It's good. How's I your? I thought we'd, we'd do the shout out, you know, because um, the the virus is evolving again. You know, all over the world, we've had some great achievement here in Australia with Victoria eliminating their was it their second wave. Yes. Uh, of course, there's lots of third waves developing, in, uh, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere. So just shouting out to those people who are struggling or in lockdown or, you know, in, in an unhealthy living situation, we're thinking of you and, uh, and hopefully there's something here that can help you. Today, as the intro said, we're going to be talking about uh, getting through that first month after you lose your job and Kim and I... You know, the reason we're here is uh, that happened to us at the end of March as the lockdowns and all of the restrictions with COVID started to hit. So uh, we've got a, a plan for um, that, that we've followed more or less and uh, we'll give you the link to download that at the end of the episode. So stay on, uh, on the podcast and you can get that free re- resource and, uh, and, yeah, a lot of the feedback that we get from people who have lost their jobs is just not knowing where to start and having something in writing that they can pin on their wall and uh, and guide them through the process, in, particularly during that acute first month. Mm. Good. It's definitely good to have that visual, I think. Yeah, yeah. We talk, we've talked about that all along, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Things up on your whiteboard or, um, yeah, on your wall that, that can help focus uh, your attention and, and give you a little bit of a plan. So yeah. it's it's interesting to, to do this because it's, you know, six months or so since or more since that happened to us. And um, just, yeah, in, in preparing for this episode, reflecting back on our feelings when things happened in, in March. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your initial feelings were as as it became a reality that that this this pandemic was real and was impacting you in a very very personal way well i mean i knew my job was going like we we kind of all knew that anyway and um but yeah it was just immediately it was like oh my god no job how am i going to pay the mortgage where's money coming from what am i going to do um, I was in Sydney, um, they were closing the borders, so I was like, if I'm going to go back to Queensland, I've got to go now. So it was kind of like trying to make decisions amongst chaos with a lot of unknown questions and unknown answers as well. So quite quite chaotic um, experience at the time. 
Um, and I, I do recall writing a list. I just needed to check off like about, oh, I think it was about 10 things. And then I was like, uh, maybe they won't resolve these issues, but at least I know I've thought of them and I know then where I'm at, you know, where I'm heading to and what's ahead of me um, just to try to make some sense of the chaos. So yeah. that was my initial flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I assume everything from booking flights, applying to Centrelink. Yep. It was everything. It was booking the flight because they'd closed the Queensland border on a Thursday and I was still working and I sort of had to finish out my week at work if I wanted to get paid or something. I don't know. They let me go in the end anyway, which was great. Um, Yeah, so they'd closed the border so I had to try and get on a flight home um, and find out whether I needed to quarantine or not. I had to work out what I was going to do about paying a mortgage. Yep, I had to think about job seeker. I had to think about what money I had in the bank. Um, you know, starting to look for jobs became like the most immediate thing on my mind too when I was in Sydney but coming back to Brisbane. So, yep. yeah, it was just all of those, um, you know, all of those pretty much financial you know I think that is like the critical point that you go I've just got to be able to cover my basis yeah we'll we'll eat toast but you know Mm. (laughs) I cover my bases you know and it was like and let me just get home and work it out from there so yeah it was all of those things Um, and then also knowing that you could access super early I mean I was like just let me get to the super but there was like that waiting period to like the 20th of April or something and yes. I'm, I'm not sure I can wait. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just a lot of tension and, yeah, just trying to, and I do remember the day that I sort of checked off that list going, oh, everything's either in play, resolved, or I know what the outcome is. And, yeah, there was a little bit of sense of control back at that point. Um, may not have been the best outcome in all situations, but at least I felt like I was a bit back in control of what was going on. Um, yeah, I think that's a really important point because I think so many of us felt and and still feel in some ways out of control not knowing, you know, the trajectory of all of this. Um, And, yeah, that's really the intention of today's podcast is to just provide a a little bit of a scaffold, a bit of structure Mm. around because people are still losing their jobs. That's right. You know, as as various industries go through changes, so... um, yeah, it's it's obviously it's it's for people who lose their jobs now. It's not as much of a surprise as no. it perhaps was for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel though, if you lost your job now, I mean, it would be tough still because I, you know, there was quite a lot of I guess um, support that came to the table really quickly. Yeah. Um, when it first happened and I think being able to access super and there was like some, you know, funding support through job keeper or job seeker. Yes. was increased. So just for our uh, non-Australian listeners, super means superannuation or retirement benefit. Yeah, um, so we were able to in Australia access um, two payments of up to $10,000. Um, yeah. To, uh, yeah. if, you know, to, to help cover costs. Yeah, it was really good and that's sort of over now. But so, yeah, I feel like if you did lose your job now, even though you knew what was sort of happening, it would be, you know, um, I, I don't know if there's 
many of those support mechanisms left in place. But hey, look. I feel like the superannuation, because one was for last tax year up to June 30, and then the next one was for this tax year. So I have a feeling you may still be able to apply for this tax year just for one of the ten thousand up to ten thousand dollar payments. Yeah, up until the end of December. Is it okay? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, anyway yeah. Back to our um, we've yes. got a, a downloadable for uh, our listeners if they they want to get hold of this. Um, it's it's a, a calendar basically a monthly calendar of of giving a bit of structure to each of those 28 days in the first month and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk through some of that and, and go through what, what we did. Um, the start of each of the week we've got self-care and rest in there and the idea that, you know, the, the active job hunting or financial sorting out um, and, pre- you know, preparing for your next opportunity uh, should be a bit like work five days a week mm. and that, you know, those other two days, whether it's the actual weekends or just two days out of out of your seven days, one of them being for, for self-care and rest and, uh, and or, you know, engaging with your close friends and family. And, and for both of us that was obviously they were two of the, the things I think uh, we tried to prioritise, although, as you said, it was very much action stations around sorting out those very critical, acute requirements of organising flights. Yeah. Um, yeah, day three I've, I've put register for unemployment benefits. Um, yeah. And, you know, that can be on your first day too, but I, I wanted to, to um, give people, we talked about this in those early episodes, that time to grieve. Mm. And and recognise the transition and celebrate what was. Mm. I think too often when when a loss happens, you know, it does become about the loss rather than all of the wonderful gains that came before the loss. So I've mm. I've always tried to do that is to just say, well, that was that. Let's have a glass of champagne and toast the wonderful opportunity that I had for the last however many months, years, or whatever, and and uh, and you know, toast or uh, or have a piece of cake or something to celebrate what might come ahead and, and you know, the, the strength and the resolve that's uh, required to get through what, what's about to happen. Mm. Um, then we moved into, I guess, some of that self-discovery, didn't we, around some of those personality tests, values, um, getting a sense of what we might be suited to, just checking in to make sure what we've been doing, even if we enjoyed the job, whether it was the right thing for us. Um, and some of that stuff around defining your ideal position and, and what your new professional persona might look like. I think you did a really good exercise in visualising that, didn't you, Kim? The professional persona? Yeah, just you did that thing where you... Um, how did you go about it? You, you. Uh... I think I pretended to be someone else. That's right. <laughs> One, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. I, I think I sort of started thinking about all those sort of people or people in roles or things that I admired or liked, and I, I sort of imagined myself in those positions and roles, and and just to get a sense of you know does that kind of fit me, which you know is not anything I probably would have done before you sort of look at these things at a distance um and 
So I did that and I think you remember, like I was watching this crazy French comedy about acting agents and having yep. had some experience with French and acting in the past, I thought that was a great combo and it was lots of fun. But I think I came to this realisation from doing it that I kind of, you know, I feel like I want to push myself beyond being a support person, like an acting agent. I want to be the actor, you know. Mm. So in what a professional capacity I sort of started going, well, come on, let's think about you as the lead, you as the leader, you as the owner of this, you know, professional life or this new business, um, not going into support but going into lead, you know, being the number one player. That was um, such a, a great exercise. I really admired the way you went through that. Yeah, it was pretty eye-opening. It was pretty good. I mean, you know, you go from, oh, that looks like fun to like, yeah, it could be fun but that's not enough, you know. Yeah. like I, Yeah, so it, it was really good. I, I still feel like that, you know, that sort of resonated and obviously um, stuck with me and that's kind of what I'm wanting, you know, to continue pushing towards again now. So, yeah, absolutely. It was a good yeah. exercise. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess having done that, um, that work, I didn't do it as deeply as you did. I, I, I came at it a different way, I guess, in terms of, you know, just redoing some of those personality tests. And um, But then that gave me a little bit more clarity around doing things like signing up for job alerts. Yes. You know, yeah. so that I, and, and getting on the mailing list of recruiters. Um, and and then, yeah, l- reviewing, I guess, sort of um, looking at job advertisements, even if they weren't in my location or I wasn't quite suitable for them, but but I was, you know, I sort of felt a calling towards them and actually looking at the job description and the skills required. Yeah. To start thinking about what I needed to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there was also that um, we did stuff around um, decluttering and organising and getting productive. And that was a really good step for me. I think you, you did that as well, putting up your whiteboard and making a desk space. And in terms of just focusing the place where this was all going to happen. Yeah. I continue to do it too, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> For yeah. me, who, who never really spent much time, you know, I always had something going on in my head, no time to be doing all that physical action that actually that behaviour that does feed what's going on in your head. So, yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, um, and this is, a, this is a more difficult thing to do given lockdowns, but, um, you know, looking for networking opportunities uh, so, yeah, online if necessary. Attending kind of events online I think is, yeah. a, is a good way and, and getting into forums online where you can engage with other people who are in your position, whether that's just flat-out unemployed or in your industry uh, yeah. or your, your desired industry. Um, and one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing is, is getting more engaged on Reddit and Quora. Okay. Do you get on those at all? Uh, sometimes I might search through them. Yeah. But, uh, no, I haven't engaged. Yeah. Reddit, no. I think if you, it's a real, uh, it is a real opportunity if you, can, if you can spend the time answering people's questions and building your own identity as, 
whatever it is you are. So people just ask. It's just every question you can think of in the world, you know, is on there. And so you can go in and answer a question and then, um, yeah, same with Reddit. You know, over time, um, you know, people come to trust. I've done quite a few entries on the uh, career guidance and LinkedIn uh, subreddits. Yeah. Because, so do, you, yeah. do you get like a profile rating? Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah, so with Reddit you get... Um, it's called karma. So people can upvote your response when they appreciate it. Yeah. And so over time you can build up your karma. I mean, I'm still very much in the early stages of that. But um, it is a really good way to just, yeah, build your profile and then potentially over time direct people who trust what you say to, you know, whether it's your, yeah, your your professional offering, your, your service offering or, yeah, again, depending on your goals. But, um, yeah. yeah, at the very least, even if you're planning to go back into the workforce, you know, you can start, yeah, building that authority and respect as a, as a, a professional that serves others and that's something that I really want to be. I see my job, I, I want to help other people fundamentally yeah. um, reach yeah. their potential. So that's part of, you know, why I'm on the podcast, I guess, while we started it up. That's yeah, right. so that, that's one part of that, that sort of networking. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, you, you know, I've thought about is gathering the keywords around your job because the more I read about the way recruitment has changed, it was already changing obviously before the pandemic but very much because of the numbers of applications a lot of organisations are getting now, these... Um, you know, applicant tracking systems, uh, you know, basically AI or, you know, and bots that are scanning resumes that come in and uh, and doing the cull yeah. through a computer rather. Yeah, than, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, so much of our world is based on keywords now. Isn't it? I, I was talking with my sister about it this morning, you know, about recruitment and... Uh, you know, keyword, uh, and I was saying how how funny, and you have to be up on this stuff, you really do, because, you know, let's just say it was a job as, I don't know, an executive assistant or something, and so three people have the keyword executive assistant, but they're actually really bad executive assistants, whereas someone else used PA and they were really good at it. So the actual three people with executive assistant are probably going to get more likely picked up and, you know, Yep. where the other person will get culled. So it doesn't really talk about quality, does it? It's so, so it's so important that people are au fait and aware of how this all works in this day and age. So, yeah. Um, I yeah. think, that, you know, I think they are getting more sophisticated. So what you might find in that example is that um, the person who's already working as an executive assistant will get a higher ranking on that criterion you know in terms of currently yeah. in the role rather than looking to rise up yeah and right. again, it depends on how the organization is um is you know what they see the role as and and yeah. and because often you can find um you know there's an argument you you might want someone who's on the up you know who's rising up the ranks That's from right. a, a more narrow pa into a very sort of executive assistant role Exactly. But the other thing I, you would hope the algorithm is picking up on is Microsoft Word, 
you know, Outlook, you know, all of those sort of skills and, and computer programs, travel bookings, all those, all those things that become part of, you know, meeting coordination, catering, you know, all, all those keywords that, that become so much a part of a role like that. So, yeah, you've got to give yourself the best shot of getting picked right. up without it sounding like you've stuffed your resume with exactly. meaningless keywords. <laughs> It's just a whole lot of keywords. Like, yeah. makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> but you've got all the damn keywords in. It's like a whole new language that we're going to develop, isn't it? Yeah. I you think, I think we mentioned it before on the podcast about yeah. in the early days of search engine optimization yeah. when it was just about the keywords and you'd, you'd um, you know, you'd see these web- websites like, you know, we are Sydney's best graphic designers and our Sydney graphic designers will help you with all of your graphic design needs in Sydney. Come and talk to the Sydney's graphic design team for your Sydney graphic design needs. You know, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. I know, but we'll start speaking keyword instead of English. Oh, look. Who well, knows? It like the whole hashtag thing, wasn't it? Hashtag, yes. Yes. Hashtag delicious, you know, like yeah. whatever. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's, yeah, well worth understanding though. You're right. My favourite hashtag at the moment is, um, I guess, in the context of a lot of the, the, I listen to a lot of American politics podcasts, for better or worse, and if someone states something really obvious, someone will go, hashtag analysis. (laughs) 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 I love it. Ooh, analysis. Hashtag analysis. Yeah. (laughs) um yeah anyway moving on I guess yeah Yeah. so so having you know identified those keywords I guess putting them into your resume and your LinkedIn profile which we've talked about in some of our episodes before yes continuing with your self-care and rest and self-understanding and engaging with people not locking yourself away Mm. letting people help you is so important because I think there is an element of embarrassment, isn't there, and humiliation and when you lose your job, uh, feeling like a bit of a loser. Yeah. It's a little bit less in the pandemic because it's not your fault, but it's still there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, allowing people to, when people offer help, it's because they want to. Accepting that help, whether it's, a you know, someone offering a, a meal or someone offering to write a LinkedIn recommendation for you to help you you build your profile yeah exactly i think it's good um email signature and business cards uh that's that's something you can do i think um yeah i've got to work on my email signature you know and put all my social handles in there because it's just an extra little bit of engagement um even on your personal email um that, yeah, might lead someone to, to find out about what you're about and, and refer you or recommend you. Just you never know. Yeah, um, no, I think that's... Um, and it could be something kind of, you know, like fun and witty too. You know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, like secondhand denim queen or queen denim, queen of denim. Yeah. Or, you know, like something, yeah. you know, kind of quirky, which is kind of, and almost like I, I think of it in a way like you know, email signature blocks are almost like, you know, part of like how we would have just a normal conversation with someone and those kind of little parts that you share about yourself, right? And 
the things that people do pick up on when you have yeah. a face-to-face engagement with someone. So, you know, I, I tend to think of those little things, you know, what are those little specifics about me, my uniqueness, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. But also I think, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that even amongst our sort of second-tier um friendship groups so obviously close friends you know exactly what they're up to what job they're doing or not doing what they're studying all that but you know there's a whole lot of people that I encounter whether it's other parents at school uh, people that I went to university or school with who I'm on Facebook with and see their updates of their kids birthdays and have a general idea about what they do but um not not you know not really closely um, aligned with that. And so, you know, you might get an email from your school alumni association or something, you know, or your, or your uni alumni. Yeah. Um, and to be able to reply to that with a little bit of info at the bottom and have someone there go, oh, Fleur's doing a podcast now or Fleur's, you know, written a book. That's right. Just a little bit. They might say, oh, yeah, I know someone who's, who's written a career book. Um, yeah. Here, I'll send you the link. Exactly. Just those, and it's, yeah, like just those little snippets that yep. are like, oh, oh, that's unique and that's different and that, yeah, it's something memorable. Like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good idea. I don't do it, but I think I, I think I'll start doing it. Yeah, I know. It's been on my list. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, good. Hmm. Um, Preparing your elevator pitch, written and verbal. So this comes back to that episode we did around um, starting to talk about your kind of unique value proposition or your uh, unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do another full episode of that as well. Um, yeah, that, that was really cool. Yeah. yeah um, cool. But, you know, actually being when someone says, what do you do at a barbecue? Mm. Oh well, I've just you know I've uh, well I like to do you know you actually want to have something that's without being too wanky quite you know succinct and say well I've uh, I'm a I'm a podcaster and author trying to help people find job satisfaction and reach their potential yeah or whatever yeah um, and that then they know uh, I think too often we downplay. Uh, what we're really about, and yeah, it's a bit like your email signature that becomes yeah. your, your pitch. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Because uh, it's it's kind of one of the, when you're on the receiving end of that, if it does come up, you know what someone does, and they might be to me, oh, what is it that you do? And oh, I just kind of have this, you know, you know, I'm a a lawyer, you know, like, you're like, oh, okay, you don't sound very <laughs> enthused by yeah. it. I asked you because I was interested, you know, like so sell it to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I find that as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. I find that as well. Um, yeah. So people are not good at, at explaining it. So you, you no. want really one step ahead if you've got a good one of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then I guess the sort of the fourth week of this plan, um, and listeners can you know have a look at it when they um, when they see it, is about are really gearing up then for the job search. So developing a spreadsheet to track your applications and outcomes. I think that's a really important step because you do lose track when you're in that, you know, ten twenty applications a week. You know, where's that one at? When is it due? 
uh, when did I apply, when's the closing date, when's the proposed interview dates, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's I think, a, a good organisational tip in terms of staying across. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, I mean, there's always those funny stories when you when you are in the thick of applying for jobs. I know when I first moved back to Perth, I was in that space and you'd get a call for an interview and you'd be thinking, which one was this again? This? <laughs> I know. And they'd use their name, like the contact person. Oh, hi, it's, um, you know, Sarah, you know, Smith Hayes. And I just wanted to see if you're available on Friday. And you're like, yeah. Oh, hi, Sarah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was applying yeah. to universities. So they'd say, oh, I'm Sarah calling from uh, Curtin University. And, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions I'd, I'd applied for a couple of different jobs yeah, at exactly. universities, yeah. And yeah. then but you don't want to seem like you don't Who? know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, like what? I did what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a case of reaching out to recruiters, you know, attending networking events, developing your job interview question and answer technique and identifying common answer, common interview questions and answers. Yeah. We'll do an episode on interviews. I think that's an important one to do. Yeah, interview do. outfits, having yeah. your interview outfits ready. Mm. Um. Yeah, so that's sort of the closeout, I guess, of the 28 days and, and obviously you can extend that into your sort of first two or three months and uh, and come up with a bit of structure. And, of course, you can do more than just one of those things in a given day, but it just does provide some of that um, framework to assist with that overwhelm. Yeah, definitely, and I think there's a lot of really good just, you know, tips there. Um I think having a look at, you know, the, the target jobs, you know, you may not may not be the one exactly that you're going for, but, yeah, just getting a sense of what is being said and what is being asked for at the moment in particular too because that yep. could have actually changed because of COVID as well. So, exactly. um, yeah, the different types of function or skill that they're looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask one question. Yes. And I think we've covered it last week but just given that you know we're sort of leading it to developing a spreadsheet tracking outcomes getting ready what we, I think we yeah we spoke about it last week was how do you what do you do to sort of deal with that overwhelm so if you're about to sit down and go right I'm going to crank out 20 applications this week and then sometimes on LinkedIn you know you might see a job and it's got, you know, 77 people have applied, you know, like, and you sort of go, oh, my God, 77 people have already got in there before me. So what sort of little, do you think, mindset tricks or techniques or tactics can people use to make them go, hell, I'm going to just keep pushing through? You know, there's 77 people already applied, but, you know, I I need to be in it to win it. Like, yes. it's, a, it's a tough one, right? Like, that's a hard it one is. to it overcome. Is. Yeah. And I guess it does depend on your situation. So there's an element of if you if you really are like we talked about in that, oh my god, like I'm down to my last eighty dollars. You know, yes. I have to find a way to get some income in just to survive. Yeah. Um, on that note, there are a lot of emergency help packages here in Australia. So 
um, I'm going to get all of this up on our website. Yeah, but, you know, really don't, don't, I, I don't, I hope, no, you know, I really hope people are, are finding ways to access um, and hopefully the bureaucracy is getting these things out quickly. But so if you're in that position, obviously you're not going to, you are going to probably want to just do, you're going to feel inclined to do a bit of a scattergun sort of numbers game thing where you just get, get lots of applications out there. Yeah. But if you're in a position to be a little bit more strategic, my my advice is always to do the work on yourself, finding out what really is going to be the best job, yeah. the best organisations, you know, stalking those organisations, finding out who the people you might be working with are, liking and commenting on their face, on their LinkedIn posts, even if, you know, I think it's a bit much to connect with people that you you don't, you know, that you might want to work for. It's, you, you've got to come up with a whole pitch for that if that's what you're going to do. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. Um, and therefore being really, really intentional about what you are going to apply for, what is really going to add value. Is it about just getting income in the door or is it about finding the next a great role that's going to give you a huge amount of satisfaction. And if you've got that knowledge and you're working towards that very, very clear goal, then I think you can be reassured that, you know, you're in with a chance, uh, so long yeah. as it's realistic and that you've done what's required and you, you're getting the keywords in your app, you know, on your LinkedIn and in your... CV. Um, I guess with the 77 people, <clears throat> depends on the organisation, but in larger organisations, the, the the hiring manager wouldn't be seeing the applications until the closing date. Yeah. So they'll know who's applied early, but you're all, you're all in a bunch together. They'll process them together. Yeah. If it's just a little small business looking for a communications manager or something, you know, it's a... Um, uh, uh, yeah, a small place. Then, then there, there is some argument that you've got to get in early rather than, um, than than wait for the closing date because they'll be wanting to hire quickly and get the process over and done with, and um, and make speed one of the criteria. Whereas, yeah. you know, the, with a closing date, often it just means you know that that's when the process starts at their end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the overwhelm is, is, it's real, right? It's, yeah. it's, and it's, it's stressful when you see that and it's a job yeah. you really want. Mm. Um, I think it does come back to a lot to, to, to that self work, you know, actually knowing yourself and building your confidence and having faith that the right thing will come along. Yeah, I think too with the LinkedIn, when you do see it saying, you know, 77 people, I think what they've done is, you know, hit the apply button to find out more about the job. Doesn't mean they've actually submitted anything. I think that's how that may work. So sometimes that sort of seeing that 77 might only really be 37, you know, who actually submitted something. But it still is that little, you know, trigger when you look at it and go, oh, my God, why would I bother? But um, I think you're right in getting all your own, your house in order. Yep. So that you're confident. Um, you know how you're going to approach this particular business. Yeah, you've, you've sort of almost been engaging with that company 
on an informal manner through different networks or channels anyway um, leading up to it. So you've really put some thought into it. So, yeah, it's good. I think it's just one thing to sort of keep thinking about and coming back to those little tactics about the overwhelm can, yeah, really stop you in your tracks sometimes. Mm, and using your networks to reassure yeah. you and build yeah. your confidence along the way. Yeah. Um, talking to people about it, you know, being able to say, hey, Kim, mm. this great job at XYZ Acme Corporation, but mm. I've noticed there's already 140 applicants. Um, what do you reckon? Is it worth a shot? You know, well, flirt, you know, just bouncing that stuff around. A problem shared is a problem halved, isn't it? Yep, yep, yep. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good. Because, yeah. yeah, you don't want to let that be the, the stop. You know, you want to kind of push past that if that's the job you want. So, yeah, exactly. it definitely helps. Yeah. 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 That's a great place to end things today. So yeah. the download, we've put it up on our website. It's at uh, it's a 28-day plan that you can download for free. Um, it's at careeraftercovid.com slash 28 days. Uh, have a look at that and the other resources on our website. The book's available for pre-sale. So it's coming together. It's in layout now. It should be ready by the end of November 2020. Uh, and that's at careeraftercovid.com slash book. It's $10 off at pre-sale. Once it launches, it goes to its full retail price. Um, and we'll be back with another podcast next week. Join our Facebook and LinkedIn groups. Chat with other people who are in the same situation. And uh, Kim and I both um, chime in there from time to time to uh, give our perspective on some of the things that people are, are dealing with. So thanks for your time, Kim, today. Yeah, thanks. Great talking as usual. Yeah, great. Okay, have a great week and uh, we'll speak next week. Okie doke. See See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Career After COVID podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and check out more tips and ideas at careeraftercovid.com.